This is yours truly. I'm joining you for another Wednesday. Um, as I stated in our previous um, episode, this is definitely going to be one of those. Um, I was going to re- like record it at nighttime live, but I figured that I needed to record this one in, in advance. I'm actually pre-recording this one. Just because, you know, I'm going to need to sit and definitely take my time with this one and not be rushed with trying to do it in a live, you know, aspect of it. Um, Because this one is definitely digging into a more serious topic matter for me. It's digging into addressing, like I said, I've been asked, um... How did I know it was time for me to leave my marriage? And why am I so big on this whole creating your own happiness and reclaiming, um, reclaiming your happiness, finding your happiness, reclaiming your happiness. So we're definitely going to take some time today to dig into that um, because there's a lot that that has gone into it. So. Yeah, I'm going to pre-record this one um, just because it'll also give me some time to kind of sit with it um, before making it live and pushing it out there. So as always, I hope that you are enjoying so far what I'm bringing to you. I hope you are enjoying the consistency of first and third Wednesday. For those of you who are new, um, every first and third Wednesday, typically at 9 a.m. is when... I drop the episodes for Single Girl Woes. Um, As promised last time, excuse me, I mentioned to you all that I was going to drop my social um, username so that you can engage with me there if you are not already from listening in season one of Single Girl Woes. If you are on Instagram... On Instagram, you can find me at underscore the me team. So underscore the me team is where you can find me at on Instagram. For those of you who are on Twitter, um, Twitter, you can find me at. Let's see, what is my Twitter handle? I always forget. I want to make sure that I give you the right one. One second. Um, same thing on Twitter. Duh. Underscore the me team. So underscore the me team um, is where you can find me on IG and Twitter. Um, Facebook. I need to set up a Facebook group. But in the meantime, IG and Twitter is where you can engage with me on IG. Definitely um, request to follow me. And once you are in that space on IG, make sure that you sign up for Today I Choose Me monthly e-newsletter. So we're going to take a little break. I'm going to give you a little one-two ding-dingy. Music transition, Um, I am going to get my drink and we are going to start recording Um, Divorce and How I Know It's For Me. All right, love bugs, let's just jump into it. We're just going to rip the bandaid off. Divorce. So for me, I never went into marriage thinking that one day that I would have to deal with, process, or experience divorce. You know, I always felt when I got married that it would be for keeps. Um, I felt like for me, marriage will be different than relationships. Um, You know, sometimes when you are in that girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, my partner, old lady, old man, however you refer to your mate, you know, relationships are easy to bounce in and out of. Marriage for me, I just always felt like, you know, if it gets tough, I will be more willing to stick it out, work it out because it's a marriage. You know, this is somebody that I carry their last name. Um, You know, it's a deeper commitment than just your typical relationship. 
You know, when my ex-husband asked me to marry him, everything in that moment felt right. Everything in that moment felt like this was my person. Um, At that time, it was a feeling that I did not know. So for me, it was like, okay, maybe this is your husband. This is something different. This is, you know. So he proposed. I said yes. Six months later, we got married. Um, in marriage, marriage was interesting. You know, what tra- wasn't traditional. Um, how we went into how we went about our marriage. Um, you know. Nobody knew of my ex-husband until we got engaged. Not my parents, not my son, not my friends. It was just all of a sudden I'm engaged and here he is. Um, That's when my parents met him for the first time. The day that he proposed, well, the night after he proposed, I was like, yeah, you got to meet my parents. Um, And so we did everything like so non-traditional out of the norm. Um, And a lot of that was because from a previous relationship, I just did not want to open up about being with somebody until I knew it was going to be something serious. Um, I don't regret it. It just kind of worked out if that, you know, it, it was a good fit for his personality of not really being out there with the relationship until we got to that point. Um, and even when we got to that point, you know, we both did the traditional post of I'm engaged and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, stuff leading up to the wedding. And then we just kind of didn't share each other on social. That was a conscious decision that we both made. So, like I said, engaged in November. Um, by December, we had started looking at houses. By January, we had selected the house that we wanted. End of January, early February, we moved into this house. Um, in that time frame, I in February, I also found out that I needed to have a hysterectomy and that I needed to have it within the next six months um, due to some female health issues that I was having. Or it was, if you want to conceive, you need to try to conceive. Um, I had a very difficult pregnancy with my son. I've miscarried twice. Um, And even with my son, I had so many complications. It was almost as if, am I going to be able to carry this baby to term? Um, You know, so not wanting to experience that. And at that point, to the the reality that I had a... (laughs) Oh, just turned 15-year-old son. I wasn't ready to start over again with the whole baby thing. You know, but being engaged, that wasn't a decision that I could make on my own. So I had the conversation with the ex-husband and he was like, you know, your health is important. I'm going to support what you want to do. So I made the decision to get a hysterectomy. Date was scheduled to have the hysterectomy. Um, It could have been before the wedding or after. I chose to have it after because I really wanted to be able to enjoy my wedding and all of that stuff and the planning and all of that good stuff. So fast forward, that was in February. Life goes on, wedding planning. And then June 27th, we got married. July 15th, a few weeks after that, I had my hysterectomy. So as I was saying or alluding to, I'm sorry if you hear noise, I'm trying to get comfortable. Um, and I need sweets, I'm sorry. <laughs> so get married. As I said, or was alluding to, everything in this was not traditional. During our engagement, Excuse me, Sal Patch Kids is not the thing that I need for this episode. I'm sorry in advance, y'all. I'm telling y'all this is not your usual put-together podcast. We do things all kind of different over here. So, during engagement and during the first almost year of our marriage, we lived completely separate. I was in the house. He would travel for work. So he would be home on the weekends, Friday through Monday. 
if work was slow, he would come up for the day. Um, and that worked for me. That worked for him. During that time that we had together, we dated each other because it was like we hadn't seen each other. We knew we were going to have date, you know, from Monday to the following Friday when he got back would be apart. Things were good. First year of marriage, everything went good. Um, everything was going good. First Thanksgiving as a married couple in the new house was great. First Christmas together as a married couple in the new house was great. Then we enter into year two. Year two of marriage comes around and we get halfway through year two and we're in the same house now. At this point, he's commuting daily because he has a project that's a little bit closer, but he also needs to be here because he's embarking on opening up his own business. So he's getting to a point of, now, actually, that year two, he's here all the time. He went to work for a different architect architecture firm that was working on a project here um, in, in Richmond. So he was home as well as venturing into entrepreneurship full time with his um, business endeavor. And, you know, you would think that things would be better because we're in the house the same time. We're, we're in the same house at this point every day. But I noticed that I was seeing less and less of him because you're now working a full-time job as well as putting in full-time hours at, you know, your business. I know when starting a business, it's a lot. You know, you are married to it. It's your first love. It's your first passion. Him starting his business is nothing that I didn't know about. Um, It was something that we talked about during our engagement. During our engagement is when he actually started embarking and laying the foundation for this business endeavor. And my only thing then was, I don't want to feel like I'm sucking. I don't want to feel neglected to this new endeavor. If you can balance your full-time job, this endeavor in me, I just don't want to feel like I'm an afterthought. So we're midway through year two, and I'm starting to feel like that afterthought. You know, um, Mother's Day rolled around, no acknowledgement. Anniversary rolled around, you would think that it's, you know, it would be a big deal. It was just like, oh, yeah, happy anniversary. Here's a card and yay, year two, we're married. And as time went on, we started to see less and less of each other. We weren't dating each other anymore. You know, we weren't going to the, hey, let's go to the movie. Let's go get dinner. Um, we are communicating less because he's not there. You know, he would get up at four o'clock in the morning, would not be back home till 11 o'clock sometime at night. Um, and by the time he's home, I'm in bed because I need to get up and, you know, the next morning and, you know, get a child to school. My days are long because I like, get my child to school, um, some sport or after school activity that I'm supporting him in. So I'm not getting home too late and just all of that. Like we were constantly missing each other, you know, when it was time to like, let's go on a date. It's, oh, well, I need to do this because I can only devote X, Y, Z time to the business and all of that kind of stuff. So fast forward time continue to go and I just started to be unhappier and unhappier. I just felt myself getting into like this dark space. I was lonely. I was alone and I was lonely. I did not feel like I had a husband. I did not feel like I had a partner. I felt like I had a roommate that I shared last names with and a human warm body that was next to me in the bed. It wasn't what I felt marriage was. It wasn't the marriage that I wanted for me. Um, let me rephrase what I said earlier. I did not feel like it was the marriage that I envisioned for myself. It's not what I thought married life would be like when I embarked on getting married. So we had a conversation about it. I expressed that, hey, you don't date me. We haven't been on a date in... At this point, I don't know when, like, it's just 
I don't know. You know, so I got a date. But it wasn't consistent. It was a date because I bought it up. And I felt like, okay, you're just doing this because I'm bringing it up. Is this genuinely what you want to do? You know, at this time, I'm still like, okay, we can fix this. You know, like, okay, TNG, what can you do? You know, what is it that you're not doing or whatever? You know, my thing is I wanted to spend time together. His thing was, well, you know, on the weekends, I'm at the shop. That's what we'll call his business. I'm, you know, working. I'm at the shop, whatever, whatever. You can come and hang out with me here. Da, 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 da. Now, I'm supportive of your endeavors, but that doesn't mean that I want my weekend. The only, you know, sometimes Saturday is the only day that I have for myself because my son is either with his grandparent, his grandmother, or he's doing something with his friends. I work just as well as you work. At this time, I'm getting my wedding planning business up and going, all of that good stuff. I don't want to spend my Saturday on a so-called date or quality time with my husband and you're working, which means that if I'm there, I'm helping. And I have no, I had no problem with jumping in to pitch out to help him in any way possible that he needed me to, had he asked. There's nothing that I would not have done for the success of his business. If he had asked me, but I just felt like as your wife saying that I need time for you, the suggestion isn't, oh, well, you can come hang out. You know where I'm at. So, you know, we're in this and then I'm stubborn, I'm spoiled and I'm feeling neglected. You know, I'm questioning my beauty, my confidence, my everything. Like I didn't want to speak up because I didn't want to be that wife that was complaining. You know, I have people telling me like, oh, you have this nice house. He helped you get this car. You know, it's not no luxury car, but it's the car that I had wanted for like a few years. Um, So it works for me. It's, you know, your son doesn't want for anything. He makes sure that Makari, that's my son's name, um, has what he needs, you know, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm married. Like, I feel like I have a roommate. I'm still doing everything that I was doing when I was by myself. I'm paying my car note. I'm paying my car insurance. Hell, I wasn't even paying my car insurance. My dad was paying my car insurance for me until I got married. Once I got married, my dad was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that no more. You married now, boo. Like, the only thing that my ex-husband was providing for me that he didn't have to provide for himself was my cell phone bill. You know, people look at it like, oh, you had this beautiful house. Yeah, I did. But guess what? He had to live there too. So that house, whether I'm there or not, I'm not there now. He still has that house. He has to pay cable. He has to pay the electricity. Those are things he, I'm not getting anything added other than a warm body that's next to me in the bed. And should I decide or feel the need that I want to have sex, I have a live-in piece of dick that's next to me. I'm not getting the, you know, every now and again, I would be like, oh, I want my hair braided and oh, here go the money, get your hair done. I'm not getting the just because gifts. I'm not getting the just because, babe, let's watch a movie. Let me rub your feet. I'm not getting that. But everything else is getting its dedicated time. You put the time into researching and finding you a church home. It wasn't one that really clicked with me. It was a decision that you made. I, I was not included in that. So I know I didn't get gung-ho and everyone, oh, I'm going with you to church. I'm not going to just invite myself. And then when I did look into the church, it wasn't one that I felt was right for me. I'm not a very churchy person. I'm spiritual, but I'm not very religious. I don't need to have a foundation of church to go to worship and feel like I'm doing my godly duty. Just because you go to church and pray does not make your prayer any better than the one that I do from the comfort of home. The prayer that I do from the comfort of my car. You know? But I started to feel like everything else was getting its dedicated time. You know, you dedicating 
time that you get up for church. You even join ministries at church. So you're going to meetings with the men's group. You are on the usher board. You're on the parking committee. You're giving and devoting time to that. You went on this fitness journey. So you were getting up at a certain time to go to the gym to work out. You are dedicating the time to, you know, at this point, you're full time in your entrepreneurial business. You've left, you know, working for somebody else. So you have dedicated times that you're going to work, but you don't have dedicated times for your wife. So me being the person that, you know, is trying to figure this out. I don't feel like I can come to you and talk to you about it because without you genuinely wanting to do something about it. Because when I'm telling you I want to go on a date, I'm getting something basic. We're going to Mexican, to get Mexican food. There's nothing extravagant. It's like five minutes up the road. Do I appreciate the time? Yes, it's time. But I'm your wife. I'm telling you I need a date. I'm telling you that I am like calling out for attention. I am calling out for love. I am calling out for you to want me, for you to date me like you did to get me to say yes to your proposal. I'm not getting that. You know, his birthday's in June, Father's Day's in June, my birthday's in June, our wedding anniversary is in June. I had planned like, hey, let's go to Charlotte. Take some time off, let's go to Charlotte. I'm at this point, I'm trying to be creative on what we do to get us back. Because at this point, I want to stay in my marriage. You know, like I got married for keeps. I didn't get married to have to go through divorce. So, you know, I'm looking at the Airbnb. I'm getting all this stuff straight. So we're a few weeks out from going. And I mentioned XYZ. Oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. So when were you going to tell me? No words. You know, Mother's Day, prior to this June, that June trip, Mother's Day, the month before. I wake up that Sunday. It's no breakfast, no nothing. I get a text message. I don't even get a text message. You get a card. I get a card that's on the dresser. I didn't even see the card until my son said, oh, you got a card on the dresser. You didn't think enough of me as your wife to hand me the card and say, happy Mother's Day. You didn't think of me enough of me as your wife on Mother's Day to say, all right, I'm not going to go to work today. This is her day. And then when I text you to thank you for the card, because I'm like, okay, maybe I'll let him. Maybe he wanted me to sleep in, so he's doing him. So I'm like, oh, Makari's going to be with my mom, whatever, whatever, because he needs to leave super early for school. He's going to just stay there, blah, 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 blah. You should take me to dinner. Mm -mm. He went and picked up dinner, so I guess that counts for something. Hurt. I was hurt. So then we're at that June of this trip that I'm looking forward to for our birthdays. Our anniversary, we're not going, it's canceled. Okay, fine, whatever. That was my 38th birthday. I was heated. Heated. Canceled my birthday plans. I didn't feel like my friends were coming through to do anything that I wanted to do. I had to plan my birthday. I canceled it. I'm not doing anything. At this point, I'm starting to shut the fuck down. I'm not doing anything. The day of my birthday, I went and got a mini petty. And as I was out, my cousin called me and was like, you're celebrating your birthday. Meet me at... um. Uh, what is it? Why am I? Meet me at Havana 59. That's a cigar spot. Meet me there. It was impromptu and I had an amazing time. One of my other friends came out and we, they bought me drinks, cigars. Then we went to another spot and then my cousin and her girlfriend came 
and it turned out to be a good birthday. But why couldn't my husband do that for me? Where was my husband to share in that moment with me? Other than saying happy birthday. Why was my husband not there? Why was I at that point not comfortable with saying, come on, come down? Because I knew he wouldn't have had a good time or it would have been, I'm at work, I'm busy. I'm your wife. You're my husband. This is not marriage. So this is June. So then we get to Christmas. And on that, I'm going to pause. And then we're going to pick back up at Christmas. So let's get back into it. Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. Mother's Day, my birthday, Christmas. In my marriage, outside of the first one of each that we shared together, I started to hate those days. I put up a smile for my son. I put up a smile because I didn't want anyone questioning what was going on in my marriage. Because I went about getting married the way in which I did, I felt like I needed to portray that everything was perfect. Because no one knew that I was dating, all of a sudden I popped up with this husband. I had people that, you know, to this day, they're still I still deal with them. But I share a certain degree of stuff with them. I had people that was going to my ex. Can you believe she getting married? Where did he come from? Oh, I think she just married him for money. But you're supposed to be cruel with me. And to this day, I have not addressed it. It's one of those things that you know that it was said, and I'm sure you know that I know. I've said it indirectly plenty of times. For those of you, just know that I know. It is what it is. I know that, that those were not the reasons that I went into a marriage. Hell, if I had married the man for money, I would still be there. As I said earlier, I didn't really benefit from any of his wealth or what he brought to the table financially, other than the shit that he was going to have to do whether I was his wife or not. He needs somewhere to stay. He needs electricity. I wasn't getting those added bonuses that you would think that a wife would get. I'm not getting the trips. Yeah, you give me spending money. You buy me my wardrobe if I needed it. But you're not voluntarily as a husband doing the just because gifts or the just because trips or anything of that sort. I'm maintaining getting my hair done every two weeks on a regular basis. I'm maintaining getting my nails done. I'm maintaining the maintenance on my car. My husband made me feel like I couldn't come to him for those things. So I had no choice but to do what I was used to and I was doing it on my own. Some of those things, yes, my dad will handle for me, but I'm here. I can't go to my dad and say, hey, dad, X, Y, Z needs to be done on my car. Because again, I don't want anyone to know that I'm unhappy. I don't want anyone to know that I'm not a priority in my marriage. I'm not a priority to my husband. So outside of the first Christmas where there was a lot of thought and effort put into what he got for me, how he decorated our house on the outside for me for Christmas, after that first Christmas, none of that got done. The last Christmas that we had together was when I knew I could not take it anymore. I had reached my breaking point. I literally cried before my brother and my mom came over for dinner. My ex-husband stayed in the bedroom and was so-called sleep the entire time I'm having dinner downstairs with my family instead of joining my family. 
instead of sharing in a day that you know means a lot to your wife. That year for Christmas, again, at this point, even though I'm slowly checking out, I'm hurt, I'm alone, I'm lonely, I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm fucking confused. I managed to give him gifts that were meaningful. I got him things that I knew that he wanted. I got him things that I knew that he would like. Because I took the time to learn that about my husband. I was being a wife. Leading up to that particular Christmas, I had shared with him a pair of boots that I wanted. He said, send me the link. I didn't think anything about it because we never said anything more. That morning, he ate breakfast with me and my son and everything in which, you know, Kari, Merry Christmas and, you know... We laugh, we joke, whatever, whatever. And then he went up to the room and that's where he stayed for most of the day. So fast forward, my brother and my mom are there for dinner. And I'm like trying to cover for him. Like, oh, he's tired. He's not feeling good. He's asleep. He just didn't want to be bothered. He didn't want to share in that moment. I took that as the ultimate sign of disrespect not only to them, but to me as your wife. This is a day that I absolutely love. And at this point, we've had conversations about we need to fix our marriage. Why not use this as an opportunity to rekindle that spark if you cared, if you love me? So I'm exchanging gifts with my brother, my mom, and my son. They were, you know, they are, they bought over the gifts they had purchased for us and vice versa. And in the back of the Christmas tree, there's a box with my name on it. This box wasn't given to me. It was just placed in the back of the Christmas tree. I opened it. It was the boots I wanted. I put on the front that I was happy because I had been posting on social media. My mom had seen it that I really wanted these boots. To this day, I wear those boots probably once a year. I haven't worn them actually since 2019 was the last time that I wore them. I said thank you. The gifts I gave him didn't get open. Christmas has passed. The tree is down. Gifts still in the same spot in the family room where they were doing breakfast when I gave them to you to open. Still right there, unopened. So then it just got to the point where it's like, I can't do this for another year. So I'll never forget, I had came across an article about couples and how communication ruins marriages and communication meaning communication in the sense of lack of communication and it was just saying it was like reasons why couples get divorced whatever whatever and I felt like we were checking off every box so I sent it to him and I was like you know this is something that we need to discuss and so you know I asked him was he happy in the marriage and he said no I felt insulted because I'm like how do you not feel happy In this marriage, when I'm trying to, and maybe I didn't try hard enough. Maybe I was, maybe what I was trying wasn't what he needed. And he didn't communicate to me what he needed. And because of that, I just, you know, who knows? So we talked about that. Like, how long have you not been happy? He said, how long he had not been happy. I stated why I wasn't happy. Um... So I was like, what do we do? I don't know. That's what he said. And I was like, well, we need to figure it out. We need to figure it out before we get to a point of resentment and we can't absolutely stand each other before we become bitter on love altogether. We need to figure it out. You know, I mentioned again, like the dating thing. We went on one date, same Mexican restaurant. Got the same shit I always get. 
burrito fajita and a strawberry daiquiri. Didn't feel like I was on a date with my husband. Didn't feel like I was on a date to try to save my marriage. It felt like, okay, you can't say that I didn't make an effort or an attempt. So I'm still unhappy at this point. So we, he gets home early one night again. We're in the bedroom and I'm like, this is not working. So we need to just go ahead and go separate. Like, I'm not happy. I felt myself fucking spiraling out of fucking control emotionally, mentally, spiritually, everything. At this point, we're not doing anything a married couple do. So why the fuck stay married? I need to get back to me. At this point, we aren't even having sex. Not enjoyable sex anyway. Unless you count three taps on the shoulder at three o'clock in the morning because he wants sex. He needs sex to start his day. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not mentally into you at this point. I'm not physically attracted to you. So there were times that I would just lay there. It got to the point where I counted. I knew how many times it would take before he would get what he needed and go. I didn't even care about me reaching climax. That was the routine. That was the only thing he made routine in our marriage. I'm going to wake her up between this time and this time to have sex. Take a shower, go to the gym, whatever, whatever, whatever. So is that why I'm your wife? Just so you can have somebody to lay next to you that you can get your X number of pumps in. And it's not like we were doing anything overly amazing in sex. Very basic. Because at this point, I'm not giving you damn porn star level performance. (laughs) No. So we get to March and I'm like, we need to figure this out. So I've already looked into what does it take to get out of this. I did the first draft of the separation agreement. Let's talk about our terms. I just want to be out. Do you think this is fair? This is what you want to do. So March, we, by the end of March, we had finalized um, excuse me, we had finalized our separation agreement. Kind of dragged on going to get it notarized. Finally, April. I'm like, meet me at the bank so we can get this notarized. At this point, I'm in counseling because I'm fucked up. I have nobody to talk to because I'm trying to save face. That I'm married and I'm going through a divorce. This picture perfect couple that you saw on that wedding day on June 27th. That's not us anymore. So April 2019, we signed our separation agreement. Part of that agreement was that I would move out of the house in November of 2019. Um, specifically chose November because one, that's when I could move from where I selected to go to, but also that allowed time for my son to finish out his senior year of high school and get transitioned to college and not have so many abrupt changes in those final months leading up to finishing his high school years and embarking on college. So I remember May, it was one day we just kind of had a conversation and, you know, he really wanted to talk about, is this what you really want to do? How did you get to this point? And for a brief minute, I was like, okay, maybe we can work this thing out. You know, just because we're separated, we don't have to go through with the divorce. Separation in my state is just, you have legally agreed that you're going to live separate and apart, blah, 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 blah. Because we don't have any kids together, we only needed to be separated for six months and could file for a divorce. So the time that I was moving out of the house based on our separation agreement is when the whole divorce proceedings 
could have started because we'd have been at that six month mark. You know, at the time and speaking to legal, it was like, oh yeah, your, your house is big enough. You can live in separate rooms, blah, 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 blah. That's what we did. I started sleeping in another room. You can keep the master bedroom. I don't fucking need it. I'll come in here to get my clothes because that's where my clothes is and use this bathroom to shower and stuff. But outside of that, I'm not sleeping in this room with you. I will sleep in the TV room. I will sleep in my son. I'll sleep in any other vacant room that we have in this house, but not just here. I had already stopped cooking for him because I would cook stuff and he wouldn't eat it. I'm not a bad cook. It just wasn't what he so-called wanted. Or I would cook and then he wouldn't eat it. So I was like, why well, cook for him and he's not going to eat or he's going to get here late and it's always oh, too late to eat. I'm going to eat a salad. Stop washing his clothes. He started doing that himself, taking it to wash and fold. Okay. Fine with me. We already aren't spending time together. So, okay. So, I'll never forget, one day I sat in my car and on my lunch break, I even went over my hour lunch break. We sat and we talked. Like I said, I'm in counseling at, the, at this point. You know, and I'm thinking like, okay, it's a month. Don't set in. And he's like, oh, she don't really sign these papers. We really doing this. So we're talking and I'm expressing to him about the Christmas and how I felt hurt and this and the third. Um, not to mention the Christmas that he got me a pocketbook from Target. Again, I'm not knocking Target. I like Target. I bought a purse for myself out of Target for a quick trip. Would I buy my husband a gift out of Target for Christmas? Unless it's some type of appliance, kitchen appliance. But his gift, especially if I'm only going to get him one gift. No. It's a pocketbook from Target. It was like $18.99. He got it Christmas Eve right before the store closed. So were you not going to get me anything at all? Or was I really that much of an afterthought? Smacked in the face again of me not feeling like I'm a priority. Me not feeling like I'm important. So we talked about it. We talked about the Mother's Day where I didn't get acknowledged for Mother's Day. That it was just treated like very casually. And his response, well, you're not my mother. Yeah, but I'm your wife. I am a mother. So I asked him, how would you feel, because he has two daughters, how would you feel if one of your daughters came to you and said that their husband didn't acknowledge them for Mother's Day? How would you feel if your daughter came to you and said that? It was at that point he was like, you have a good point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I made you feel like you weren't valued. I think that you're a great mom, blah, 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 blah. Too late now to try to clean this shit up. I feel how I feel. I shouldn't have to put things in that context for you to understand. When I talked about the time that I needed from him, well, you know, starting a business is hard. You know, it's everything. You have fucking employees. They don't need a dictatorship. If you can't trust the people that work for you, you need to get new people. You can take a day off here and there for your wife. I'm your fucking wife. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not some bitch you just fucking. I'm your fucking wife. Your remedy to time is you can come down and hang out with me at the shop. And because I chose not to spend my weekend, my free time, hanging out with him at a shop, he considered me not being supportive of his business. You never supported me in this endeavor, whatever, whatever, whatever. Then it was the whole religion thing. You know church is important to me. You don't go to church. You don't this, you don't that. But you knew that. Like, I was fine and I had no problem with us finding a church together. But when you took it upon yourself, oh, I'm going to this church, I'm joining it, you didn't give me any say.
But that's your thing. I don't go to church. Okay. I don't do things the way that you want me to do them. Okay. You want the house back in every Saturday. If I'm tired that Saturday, I'm not doing it. I'll do it on Sunday. It'll get done weekly because, yes, I do think, yeah, you need to vacuum weekly. I have allergies, so, yes, it's beneficial for me to, to vacuum weekly, if not more frequently. But at the very least, I'm entitled to a lazy day. You knew this before we got married. Before we got married, we came up with the needs list of what we needed in our marriage. And those need to be things that we not needed in that moment, the first year of marriage, but five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. The only thing that was on your needs list that you did not get was the religion thing, the church thing. But even when we had the conversation on it, I said, I'm not the type that's going to be in church on every ministry, whatever, whatever, whatever. That was communicated to you. Me saying that I needed, and there are times where I need a lazy day where I just need to shut down. Everything that I said that I needed for me, I needed from you. Yeah. So how did you not know? Now you want to speak on it? Well, you do this and you don't invite me. Why invite you to get shut down? Already I'm feeling neglected. So now you want to add rejection onto that? Of you telling me, no, I can't take off work or I may be running late. Now, granted, when it came to stuff with my son, he showed up. I will give that to him. He was an amazing parent to my son. Amazing. Amazing. Simply amazing. Step parent to my son. Bonus parent. However you want to call it. A absolute amazing addition into my son's life. I would never discredit him for anything that it relates to when we were together and even now as it relates to him and his interactions with my son. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. But we had this conversation and it was more so, you know, it wasn't going anywhere. So I asked, do you want to go to counseling? No, I don't think we need to go to counseling. But you want to work this out? Or are you having this conversation because it checks off a box of, I had the conversation with her. It was at that point I knew, like, you know, I can't do this. He's going to say what he needs to say so that he can feel like, okay, I tried to make it work. But you're really not trying. You're just going through the motions to be able to check off a box to say X, Y, Z was done. We're going to segue real quick. We're going to take a break. We're going to pause real quick, real quick, real, real quick pause. So after that conversation, things didn't change. 39th birthday came up. I got a happy birthday. It was very, yeah, meh. I decided on that birthday. I'm getting me back. So a few weeks after my birthday, I went on a trip to Jamaica to a place that I always wanted to go. Absolutely amazing time. It was on that trip that I was able to start opening up to other people about my divorce. I felt like in that moment, if I could talk to, to strangers about this, I can start letting other people in into this is what I'm about to do. You know, had the conversation with my dad and he was like, you know, my dad's one of those ones, like, he didn't really touch it. He just was like, okay. He didn't want to know the details as much as I was trying to let him in on the why. It just was like, okay, you happy, you good, whatever. He didn't get into it. My mom, oh, you have a good husband, you need to. And it made me mad. You have a good husband, you have this. What makes you think I have a good husband? Because the house I live in? 
Oh, you're an adult. You don't need to be out and about all the time. I'm not out and about running the street. I'm trying to have moments and experiences with my fucking husband. This has nothing to do with me out and about doing me. This is about me wanting experiences and moments with my husband. This is me wanting to travel with my husband. So I'm supposed to give up my love for travel because my husband doesn't want to? Is that really what you're saying to me? No, we not finna do that. We not finna do that. Had the conversation with my son. Mama Long's, you happy? I'm good. That's all that matters. My brother, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I support whatever you do. Long's, you happy? That's what matters most. Over time, my mom accepted it because it was no working it out. This is what it is. I needed my happiness. And like I tell her, I'm not staying in no situation with nobody if I feel like I'm ha unhappy. My happiness and my peace of mind cannot be compromised. It has no price tag on it. I'm not going to stay somewhere just to stay. I'm not of that school mindset and mentality of it's cheaper to keep her or him. It's, cheap, it's easier to stay. I'm not going to stay and we sleeping in separate rooms. I'm not going to stay when I can't stand the guts of my fucking husband. I'm not going to stay when I'm out and about and I'm constantly joking about, oh my God, when I get divorced, this and third. Nah, if all that, I'm just going to be divorced. I'm not going to be married and living and doing everything as if I'm by myself. I might as well be by myself. I'm not going to be in this marriage and I'm spiraling out of fucking control because I'm unhappy, I'm miserable. Not going to stay in this marriage just because we don't do divorce. Oh, we do divorce here when it's for the right reasons. In hindsight, you can say that I was emotionally neglected. That's a sign. Neglect is a sign of abuse. Do, do I think that it was intentional, that his intent was to make me feel like I was abandoned or alone? He just was caught up in his thing and marriage was an afterthought to him. I wasn't a high enough priority for him to put the energy into me like he did with church, like he did with fitness, like he did with his business. In the moment that I accepted that, it was easier for me to continue on the journey of divorce. When we reached our mile marker of needing to be separated for six months and papers can be signed, I asked my mother, I don't want to get any of my friends involved. Can you be my witness? Can you go to the attorney office and sign this paper? I planned me a divorce party. I sure did. Yep. Forget a 40th birthday. I'm having a divorce party, a freedom party. I am getting back to making me happy. As I've said before, I'd rather be alone than lonely. I'd rather come home knowing that I'm going to be at home by myself than being at home alone when my husband should be there. I applaud myself that even though I was spiraling out and losing myself and falling into this space of depression, and I know that I was getting into that space because, like I said, I felt like I had nobody to talk to. Um, you know, I commend myself for having the strength to go to counseling. My therapist allowed me to accept that divorce is okay. Sometimes it is needed. At the end of the day, your happiness is more important. And one thing that I'll never forget that she said to me, people going to talk about you anyway, Tandy. You already said people talked about you when you got married. Even some of your damn relatives. Even some of those that's your friend. You know, that you call sister, your best friend, you know, your homegirl, your homeboy. And, oh, that's my friend. That's this, that's that. We've been friends for this long. Guess what? They had something to say. You don't think that they see the hurt and the sadness in your eyes? 
do you think that they see that they don't see and they're not talking about the change in you that you aren't being you? Even when you're trying to put up this facade and be out and be social, you're not having the time that you normally would have when you're genuinely happy. You're just going through the motions. So guess what? You go through a divorce, you get you back happy. And you get yourself genuinely happy from the inside. They don't talk about you anyway. But guess what? At least they can talk about you. But one thing they can't say is that you're not happy. They can't say that you're being fake. You're being true to you. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. People going to talk. A lot of times people going to talk because guess what? They don't have the strength, the courage, or brave enough to do what you're doing, to put you first. And it's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And when she said that, that was like the next step that made it easier for me to start having these conversations with the friends that matter most to me of me going through the divorce. A lot of them were surprised because I guess I did a very good job of putting up this facade that life was peaches and cream. My husband, my ex-husband, at the end of the day, I would never say that he was a bad person. He just wasn't my person. He wasn't the person for me. As much as we were opposite, our opposites didn't attract. You know? When I shared with him, when we had that conversation a month after we signed our separation agreement... And, you know, when I mentioned you stop dating me, you stop looking at me the same, you stop complimenting me, you stop telling me you love me. His response, well, of course I did those things in the beginning. Like I had to do those things to get you, but I feel like we're married now. And so, you know, those things can, don't need to be as often. No, nah, that doesn't work for me. I need you to do the same shit you did to, to get me. I need you to maintain that. If not, step the shit up a notch in certain areas. You never stop telling your wife you love them. You never stop giving your wife a kiss in the morning when you leave out the door. Your wife is more than three, top, three taps on the shoulder because you need to get your nut off before you start your day. Where's the romance and the passion in that? And anybody that knows me know I'm very romantic. I am all for the lingerie, creating the moment, creating the scene. Baby, I can be a different girl for you every day of the week if you want. You want blonde and blue eyes? Let me go ahead and get these blue contacts and go get this platinum blonde wig from the hair store. Oh, you want a geisha girl? Let me go get this Asian cut bob wig. Oh, you want bangs. Okay, it can be about the bang. Oh, you want braids. Okay, let me get these long braids into the waist for you. Anything else you want, babe? I'm that type of person. I'm all about making my partner happy when I'm happy. But when I'm not happy, I'm not going out my way to make sure you good. Was that wrong of me and my marriage to shut down like that? Yep. I would admit that. But I can also admit that I tried. I tried to have those conversations, but an environment had been created where I felt like I could not speak. I felt like I did not have a voice without being confrontational. I then felt like I was understood. Have you ever tried having a conversation with somebody and there was a language barrier? Like someone that's their native language isn't English and your native language isn't what they speak and you're trying to converse and it's a lot being said, but nothing's being said. That can happen with people. The way that we were communicating, I wasn't understanding what he was trying to communicate and vice versa. You know, the love languages is very popular book. 
a lot of people are getting into knowing what their love language is. My love language is quality time. My ex-husband's, his would be acts of kindness or acts of service. For him, he would have been happy if I said every Saturday and Sunday inside of his business with him. I didn't even have to help to do anything but just me being there. That's not dating. That's not exciting. Where's the compromise? And there were a few times I went down there and, you know, ordered lunch and we had lunch together. A few days I went down and helped him out, you know, with some things and all that kind of stuff. But where's the compromise? So it got to a point where I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? And here we are. November 30th, 2018. Yeah, November 2018 is when I moved out. I've been in my space for Christmas of 2020 was my third Christmas here. I've been here for two years. I don't regret it. I have a different level of happiness. I have a different level of confidence within myself. I have a different and deeper understanding of myself and what I can bear, what I can't, what's permissible as far as what I need, what I want, what I'm willing to accept in my next relationship. And I have no regrets. I refuse to be that person I was ever again in life. I refuse to be silent. I refuse to be an afterthought. My ex-husband felt like there were certain things that weren't fully communicated. So guess what? Now I over-communicate. We're going to be on the same page. If we can't be on the exact same page... We're going to have an understanding so that it's not a issue further down the road. I'm all for compromise. But I'm not willing to compromise when it's just me that's doing all the compromising. So that's that. So for anyone that ever wanted to know what led and how I got to divorce, this is a very transparent moment of how I got to that point. I don't regret marriage. I will get married again. Don't regret it. Don't regret love. I love love. I'm ready to be in love again. I'm ready to love somebody again. I'm ready for somebody to love me. I share this with you to say, know your worth. Value yourself. Be unapologetically you with no regrets. I've kept you all way longer than I normally have. Um, I know this was a little bit different of an episode for us, but maybe me having this transparent moment will help somebody else that may be looking for their out or the strength. It's hard at first, but it gets better. It gets better. Definitely better than what you currently are in and what you're currently dealing with. Everybody deserves to be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy. And if you can't, never look for that happiness with somebody else. You have to start from within. That's why, you know, the 40 by 40 list was created. That's why I do me dates, um, you know, and things of that sort. I needed to create the foundation of happiness for myself so that when somebody else comes along, they add to that happiness. So that way, if they go, they aren't stripping that happiness from you. They're just taking the little added piece that they have bought to the situation. But you've already established a firm, solid foundation of happiness within your life. 
And we'll talk more on happiness at a later time. But like I said, I've kept you all enough. Until we meet again, be productive, be positive, be absolutely amazing. Don't forget to smile. Smiling is absolutely free and you never know. It might just make someone's day. So until the next time, you all take care, be safe, and I will see you in two weeks.